All right, if you will, turn your Bibles to the book of Mark chapter 1. Mark 1 for our thoughts this morning. Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1, beginning in verse 40. And there came a leper to him, beseeching him, and kneeling down to him, and saying unto him, If thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And Jesus, moved with compassion, put forth his hand and touched him, and saith unto him, I will be thou clean. And as soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy departed from him, and he was cleansed. And he straightly charged him, and forthwith sent him away. And saith unto him, See thou, say nothing to any man, but go thy way, show thyself to the priest, and offer for thy cleansing those things which Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. But he went out and began to publish it much and to blaze abroad the matter insomuch that Jesus could no more openly enter into the city, but was without in desert places. And they came to him from every quarter. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Thank you for this time you've given us to come and to worship you. And Father, our desire is to worship you this morning in spirit and in truth. And Father, as we come, we come humbly before you, thanking you for the gift of salvation through the sacrifice of your son. Thanking you, Lord, for all the many blessings you bestowed upon us daily, Lord. Father, I'm thankful for this privilege and honor of standing before your congregation to share the good news, the gospel. And Lord, I just pray you'll give me the words to say and Lord, it'll come to my mind those things I've studied. And Lord, open hearts and ears to receive what you have for us through your word as I preach boldness and authority. Lord, if there's one amongst us that needs to come for whatever reason, especially Father, comes to salvation. Let this be that day. Let your will be done. Be the prayer request. Be with each member, each one gathered in this place. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. This morning I want to talk to you a few minutes about a life-changing touch. Anybody here ever had a life-changing touch? If you're saved, you've had a life-changing touch. Amen. I'm thankful for the touch of Jesus. How about you? Now, I know you can turn on the TV and watch some of these services, and their definition of a life-changing touch is a whole lot different than mine and the Word of God. But understand, when you come before the Lord and He touches you, your life is going to change. Amen? So that's what I want to speak about this morning. And uh, How many of you watched The Chosen? Y'all ever watched that? 
And some of it's good. Don't get me wrong, but you got to remember it's Hollywood. Okay? And the other night, or two, two Sunday nights ago, I guess, me and Lori was watching it, season two, and uh, they had this leper come before Jesus. And that's kind of what triggered my thought for a message was he came, and the Bible tells us there's only two instances in the Gospels where Jesus dealt with a leper. This occasion here, and then over in Luke, it talks about ten lepers that Jesus dealt with, and only one of them, who wasn't even a Jew, came back and thanked the Lord for his touch. But understand leprosy. Today it's called Hansen's disease. But back then, leprosy was a death sentence. And it was a long, drawn out process where the flesh literally rots off the body. It was painful. It was messy. And, and if you had that, according to Leviticus, you, one, had to cover your mouth, two, had to rip your clothing so everyone that was considered clean that didn't have the disease could know that you had it, and you had to, when you come across people, say, unclean, unclean. So it was a terrible disease. And we have the story here of this leper. And understand, being a leper, you had to be separated. You had to be isolated. You had to be away from those that didn't have it. It was very lonely. Think about it. If you were a married man and you had wife and children, you couldn't be around them. You literally had to go off and stay. And according to the law, you had to be at least 50 feet away from a person that wasn't considered unclean. But back to leprosy. You see, it's a terrible disease. Leprosy is a picture in Scripture of sin. Amen? It's a picture of of sin. And by the way, sin does the same thing. It defiles the body. It rots the heart. So I can identify with this leper. If you are here and you've been saved, or even if you're not saved yet, I pray you will be soon, we can all identify with this leper. Now, the Bible says that there came a leper to him talking about Christ. Now, I don't understand what was going on. I'm sure there was a commotion because everywhere Jesus went, there was always a commotion. Everybody knew when Jesus was amongst them and in the midst. But leprosy as bad as it was, was one of the things that proclaimed the deity of Christ, that Christ was the Messiah. Do you remember when John the Baptist sent a couple of his followers to Jesus and said, are you he or should we look for another? 
You remember the spot response to what Jesus told them when they came to him? The blind receive their sight. The lame walk again. The lepers are cleansed. The deaf, they have their hearing restored. The dead are brought back to life. And the gospel is proclaimed to the poor. And the reason he said that to go back to John was to declare that he was the Messiah. He was Christ, the one that was sent to redeem the world from sin. What a savior. Now he comes across this leper, or this leper comes to him, and notice what it says there. And the leper came to him, beseeching him. Now, let's stop right there and think about that word beseech. It means to plead, to beg. Listen, Jesus! Now, if you watch The Chosen, he didn't do that. He just walked up to him and fell on his knees. And by the way, okay, I can handle that. But understand, this leper came to the only one that could help him. Understand this morning, you and I, the only one that can help us, no matter what the need, is the Lord Jesus Christ, especially when it comes to salvation. He and he alone is it. So he beseeches him. And I'm sure the crowd that was around Jesus at that time was said, he's breaking the law. How dare, who does he think he is? Shut up. Get in your place. You're unclean. Get away from the master. <laughs> but the leper was determined to get to the only one that could help him. The old devil will tell you, along with the world, get away. You're not worthy. Get away. You're worthless. Get. But Jesus doesn't think the way the devil does or the world. You see, when Jesus sees us, he sees a soul worth saving. You know why? Because he loves us. He doesn't see us the way the world sees us. And it's true. Before I met Jesus, I was unworthy. I was worthless. But God said, no, child, I love you. I love your soul. And I'm going to save you. So he's beseeching the master. Lord, Lord, hear me, Lord. And the Bible says... He beseeched him, and look at what else it says. And kneeling down to him. Can I tell you, when it comes to, to when it comes to 
coming before the Lord. You and I must come humbly and we must come with an attitude of worship. I don't know how the leper heard of the Lord. I don't know if he had seen anything, any miracle that the Lord had performed, but somehow he knew that the Lord was the only one that could help him and he also knew that he had to bow in worship. When is the last time we've come to the Lord that we've bowed in humility and truly worshipped him? Now you know as well as I do we got to have faith. In fact, that's the only way we can approach him. It's through faith. We don't come in our own merits. We don't come and say, Lord, look at me. Lord, here I am. You got to help me because I'm so good. No, you come humbly, Lord. I kind of like, remember the two men that went into the temple? Yeah. Pharisee, he had a little pride, didn't he, and arrogance. Lord, I'm thankful I'm not like that. Sorry, right there. That old publican. That dog. I'm not like him. I do this and I do that. You have to honor me. God don't have to do anything. But he does because he is a merciful, loving God. But the other fella, the old publican, wouldn't even look up toward heaven. But he said, Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. Now, which one did God honor? Pride and arrogance? No. no. The one that was humble wouldn't even look toward heaven because he was a sinner. This fellow here, think about this for a second. The Bible doesn't say how many years he was a leper. Normally, leprosy lasted around nine years. Can you imagine the isolation, the separation? Can you imagine not being able to communicate with anyone? Can you imagine the loneliness involved? Not able to be touched or hugged by your wife or your children or your friends and loved ones? Can you imagine but he came humbly and he fell on his knees and he worshipped him. And again, the Lord is worthy of our worship and he is the only one to be worshipped. We don't worship man. We don't worship things. We worship the Lord Jesus Christ. Then it says, he beseeched him himself before him, he begged, he pleaded, and then it says, kneeled down and said unto him, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. Do you see that act of faith there? If thou canst. Lord, I know you can heal me. You can make me clean. As I said a moment ago, it's all about faith. Jesus said, if 
Thou canst believe all things are possible to them that believe. Do you believe the Lord can heal you? Do you believe he can change your circumstance? He can do whatever you need done? Absolutely, he can. But faith is the key. You have to believe. Lots of folks pray and they don't have their prayers answered. And you know why they don't have their prayers answered? Not because God is incapable and God won't do it. It's because they lack faith. That's the key. Here's a man that has nothing to lose. He's got leprosy, a death sentence. Day after day after day, he dealt with the isolation, the pain. And, and let me tell you, leprosy was painful. Painful. And, well, I don't want to get disgusting. I got to eat lunch when I'm done, so I won't, I won't say how bad, but it's not good. Well, airborne, airborne, and what it does is starts out, you just get tired. You just get tired for no reason whatsoever. I mean, you can just stand up and, oh, I got to sit back down. I'm tired. And then it goes from there. And then comes spots. And then comes all kinds of ghoulish I mean, you lose your extremities, your fingers, your toes, your nose. You lose all kinds of things. It's not a disease we want today. Anyways, it says, this is my Savior here. And Jesus moved with compassion. <laughs> now, it's true. Jesus could have just spoke and could have healed him. But no, he was moved with compassion. Can you imagine? He could have said, okay, stay where you're at. You're healed, you're clean. But no. And the Bible says he took him by his hand. A lot of folks, oh, don't touch him, Master, don't touch him. He's God. You think a germ's going to defeat God? A disease is going to defeat God? No. He's the master of everything. He touched him. He was moved with compassion. How many of you realize Jesus came, he died on the cross so that you and I might be saved because of his compassion for us. When he saw this man that everybody despised, the Bible said he had compassion. Where's our compassion? There are people literally dying and going to hell before us and we don't lift a finger or say a word. Maybe we ought to pray, Lord, give us the compassion you have for others. Bible says he was moved with compassion. And then the word of God declares he put forth his hand and touched him and said unto him 
I will be thou clean. Put forth his hand and touched him. When's the last time you touch someone? And more importantly, when's the last time Jesus touched you? There's nothing greater than his touch. I remember the day I got saved, his touch. I've never felt nothing like it since. I know that I know I've been touched. How about you this morning? Then the Bible says this. He touched him and said unto him, I will be thou clean. And as soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy departed from him and he was cleansed. Immediately. Understand, Jesus didn't pass out a prescription and say, call me Monday morning. Jesus touched him and right then he was cleansed. All of that disease, that dead skin, that dead body you might say was made whole and it was clean and I'll get in trouble like a baby's behind. Amen. Soft, new but see that's the Savior we serve. You see he takes old things and makes them new. I'm thankful how about you this morning? You see, when Jesus does something, he does it first class. Amen? He touched him. And he was cleansed. And then, notice this. Kind of, kind of an odd request. He said straightway, verse 43, and he straightway charged him forwith and sent him away. Now look at verse 44. And said to him, see thou say nothing to any man, but go thy way, show thyself to the priest, and offer for thy cleansing those things which Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. Now as I was studying this week, I realized that, you know, with Jesus there's always a reason. He told this man after healing him and cleansing him, now I'm going to send you away. But listen, don't say anything to anyone, but you go to the priest and present yourself as under the law of Moses, what he commanded concerning leprosy. Now I thought, why was he wanting to just send him to the priest? Not tell everybody else, go to the priest first. Why? Did you stop to think the reason he wanted him to go to the priest and those in the temple was to declare Messiah had 
come. And the evidence was he was once a leper, but now he is cleansed. You see, according to Leviticus, and I read about the certificate of cleansing for a leopard. You see, he had to appear before the priest to receive this certificate. The priest had to examine him. Now understand, the priest had to come out of the temple. He wasn't allowed to go into the temple but till he was declared he was clean. He was still defiled until he got his certificate of cleansing. So the priest couldn't allow him in, but the priest went to him outside the temple. I thought to myself, huh, Hebrews 13 tells me that Jesus came outside the gate. You see, Jesus died outside the gate on a hill called Golgotha. And he did it for us. Now, here is how a leper was considered clean. The priest would bring an earthen vessel and a couple birds and uh, cedar and hyssop. And he would take one of those birds and I know for some of you PETA folks you're going to have an issue. He would take a bird and he would kill that bird and he would slice that old bird open to where it dripped the blood in the earthen vessel along with the cedar and the hyssop. And then he would take the blood and on that other bird that was alive he would dip that blood on that bird's wings. And then he would go to a field and he would release the bird. And the leper was there right with him. And the leopard would, leper would see that blood dripping off the wings of that bird. And realize, one, the price that was paid for his cleansing and two, know that he was cleansed because of the blood. Think about that. You and I as sinners have been cleansed if we've received Jesus as our Savior by the blood. It is the blood and only the blood that washes away our sins. Understand, through the blood, we have been forgiven. We have been redeemed. Our sins, as far as the east is, the west, 
He remembers them no more. And the reason he doesn't remember them is because of the blood. It is the blood. And I know people today, oh, I don't want to hear about that blood. Listen, without the shedding of blood, there is no redemption. The blood must be preached. It must be proclaimed. And if you are going to spend eternity with the Lord in heaven, you must be washed by the blood. There's no other way. Now he was told to go to the priest. My question, did he go? No, he was disobedient. You say, but preacher, understand, he was a leper for no telling how many years. He had to tell everybody. He had to be obedient first and foremost because the master told him what he wanted from him. How many times has the Lord told us what he wanted from us? And we, just like the leper, did just the opposite. You see, nothing wrong with sharing our faith. And by the way, this isn't teaching us that we don't need to share our faith. We need to tell people about Christ. But if we are going to be blessed of God, then we have to be obedient. Look at what it says. It says, he was told to go to the priest, but he went out and began to publish it much. Again, I'll reiterate, I understand him publishing. Hey, remember me? I was that old clean leper, that old unclean leper. Remember how you despised me? You mocked me? You hated me? You spit upon me? You wanted nothing to do with me? Hey, I'm him. But I've seen the master. And again, you want to tell what Jesus does for you. But look at what it says. And to blaze abroad the matter in so much, Jesus could no more openly enter into the city, but was without in desert places, and they came to him from every quarter. Understand, because he was disobedient and was telling everybody everywhere, and you say, that still seems like that's something we should do. Well, well yeah, we should, unless the master tells us different. But because of his disobedience, Jesus could no longer go into the city to teach the people the word of God. He had to do it outside in the desert and he couldn't reach as many people as if he would have been able to have gone into the city. Because in the city was where all the people were. Out in the desert there were stragglers. And yes, his fame traveled far but he still, it limited his ministry. I'll ask you this morning. Has there ever been times we've limited the Lord's ministry? 
would say we have, all of us, at some time or another because we wanted it our way. If us believers, us Christians, would ever get it in our heads and get in unity and get together to accomplish what the Lord wants us to do, reckon what we could get done for the ministry, the Lord's ministry. Think about that for a second. Now I'll close with this. Maybe you're here and you've never received a life-changing touch. And I assure you, if you haven't received Christ as your personal Savior, you haven't. But I can assure you, if the Lord is speaking to your heart to come to Him, obey His voice and He will touch you. He will not turn you away because He has compassion for you. He loves you. Won't you come? Maybe you're here and you have received that changing touch of the Lord. You're saved. But maybe, just maybe, you're not as obedient as you should be. You want to do what you want to do. I would encourage you to come to the altar and say, Lord, you got to help me. Help me to submit and fully surrender to your will. Help me. I want your will to be done. The Lord is here. There's nothing impossible for him. And the Lord will have compassion if you'll just come. But come humbly. Come with a worshipful heart and watch what the Lord does. Amen? Simple message. But it's true. It's true. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. This leper, never the same. Yeah, he didn't start outright. Right off the bat, he disobeyed the Lord. But before we throw rocks at him, how many, I'll get in trouble, how many of us have been saved, we've been washed by the blood, and the very next thing that Jesus asks us to do is identify ourselves with him through baptism. And we say, oh, wait, I need to pray about that. I need to think about that. Are you kidding me? There's nothing to think about. The very next thing we are commanded to do after we are born again is to be obedient and in submission and follow him in baptism. Not for the baptistry to save us. No, the blood saved us. But to identify ourselves as his child and 
Baptism pictures what he did for us. He died, was buried, and on the third day rose again. And because he lives, child of God, we're going to live also. Death shouldn't scare you. Just a process. It's just like going through that door. So, do you know him? Have you been touched? That's the question only you can answer. Stand with me, please.